This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. Hunter Alleman joins me for the show here today. He is the co-founder as well as the head of corporate services for Smooth Ag Solutions. Hunter, let's get started with our conversation. Tell us a little bit more about you and your background. Yeah, for sure. So uh, growing up, uh, did a lot of ranch work with my dad. My family's been ranching in uh, central New Mexico near Santa Fe for about five generations now. Um, you know, kind of had the normal everyday experience. I didn't grow up on the ranch, would go and visit in the summer. And, you know, around here in Miami, I did a lot of ranch work. Uh, graduated high school, went to a little junior college. Didn't really like school that much. So I, I went out to the oil fields in Midland to work. My granddad had been in the oil and gas industry for like 40 something years. So he had a lot of really good connections to get me started. And you know, that was really awesome, made a lot of money, but I knew that there was more to life and kind of got entrepreneurial and, you know, started my consulting firm in late 2019 and, you know, just kind of been working on M&A, you know, mergers and acquisition deals and corporate finance stuff. Um, discovered River uh, about two and a half years ago. River is the founder of Smooth Ag. He had a taken an old pickup truck and took the cab and the bed off and welded a little platform on it and put a cake feeder and made it fully autonomous. And when he posted this video on a Facebook group called Cow Puncher Swap Shop, um, I saw it and I immediately recognized the opportunity there. And, you know, from day one, we just got really excited about the potential of what the Ranch Rover could do. And we started working, you know, building a new website. He had a little website up to kind of explain what his project was. And we just revamped everything and started looking at it more commercially and you know, here we are two and a half years later, and we have a second machine on the ground and working on a third for Oklahoma State University. And so that's a little bit about me, you know, just a just a traveling man. I love to hike, backpack, and, you know, get my hands dirty doing some work. But, you know, sometimes I like to use my mind, too. So <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Hunter, how did the Ranch Rover concept get started? Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, Anybody that's been in a feed truck knows it's a pretty simple job. I mean, for the most part, you know, if you have a good set of cows that you have lined up, there's not a lot of health issues and things that you run into. So a lot of that time is, you know, really spent driving. And when River graduated from Texas A&M, he worked for a construction HVAC company for a while doing sales. And he didn't like it that much. And he was ready to get out of College Station. So he went back home to his ranch in Haskell, Texas. And he was driving the feed truck one day. and he thought, you know, if a Tesla can drive itself on the highway, then surely we can make a feed system that drives itself out in the pasture. And he just started working. Um, there's The technology is readily available. I think a lot of people think that we're, you know, on a, in a sci-fi film or something when we explain what we're doing. But th this technology exists and it's extremely cheap now. And, you know, we just decided to put the pieces together and, and do something for the ranch. Um, you know, I think River, along with like his idea of just replacing the feed rover on, or feed truck on his ranch, the ranch rover was never really going to be anything more than just a way for him not to have to drive the feed truck ever again. And we started sitting down and doing the math and we realized, hey, this is a, a bigger problem than we realized. And, you know, our ranches aren't that big, but you start talking about, you know, 50, 60,000 acre places. 
and all of a sudden their, their drive times are several hours a day. So, I mean, you, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense, especially with all these labor conditions and, and, you know, regulations, especially in places like Colorado and California that are really strict on labor. Hiring ranch hands isn't so simple if you want to do it compliantly. And so that's kind of how we started to really dig into this, you know, taking technology that's readily available for what would be like drones and things like that. And, you know, applying it to this system and developing it a little bit more to, to make it work on the ranch. Is it ran off of a phone application then? Yeah, so uh, it's completely autonomous, but when it comes to mission setting, we have an application in development, and then you can set up the routes on the on the computer. So part of our like customer process, when we onboard a new customer, what we do is we deliver the system out to the ranch, and we'll actually go and drive the feed routes that the rancher has, and that creates an accurate mapping system. So it has a little bit of redundancy. Not only are we using GPS, you know, the satellite maps to make those routes, but we're also like double factoring it by actually physically driving those routes. So that way the rover just mimics that. And then it uses its eyes and sensors to actually coordinate with the real time environment. So even cows get in the way of the road, the rover can see those cows, stops, waits for the cows to move. Unlike a person, you know, this comes up a lot. Well, what, what happens if there's a cow in the way? Generally speaking, you know, if you're a person and the cow's in front of you, you're going to honk at it. And if it doesn't move, you're going to try to get out and move it. This is a robot, so it doesn't really have any time constraints, right? And this isn't a feed yard setting, so accuracy of getting out there, you know, doesn't need to be within minutes, right? We're, we're looking at, you know, if a cow's sitting in the way, it's not going to sit there more than a minute or two, right, before it decides to move and the rover can start again. So it's more patient than what a person is. And, and that's how we kind of get around some of those challenges. And then, you know, people ask us, well, what happens if it just starts driving and was going to run into a fence? Not only does it have eyes, it has ultrasonic sensors, kind of similar to what like a your backup camera or whatever has on it kind of beeps at you. The rover, once that beeping would theoretically start, the rover stops and tries to figure out what's going on. And then it'll send an alert to the rancher if there's like something really, you know, kind of catastrophic or let's say a tree fell down up in the mountains, you know, no matter who you are, a robot or not, that tree is a new job that you have to do. And if you don't have that chainsaw on your truck, you're headed back to the house and you're going to pick that up with this, you know, you're getting that notification, the tree fell and you're able to just leave from the house or wherever you're doing any projects on your place. What happens if you have a sick animal or one that maybe needs a different ration? I guess really, we don't really have a solution for that. Particularly, we were really on the protein and mineral supplement side. So like right now we're feeding cake. We have identified a, a few like hopper systems that can do more of like a mixed ration, like a forage grade mix. And that, that's for ranchers that specifically feed that in a bunk. But for the most part, this is just cake supplement ration. Okay. I gotcha. Gotcha. I'm looking at a picture of it right now here on my, my computer. Has, um, how often do you change the design? So... This the design that you see online is kind of what we would call like our prototype design, even though technically our prototype was the pickup truck that we deconstructed. We are we finalized the third design for our first customer. The engine's going to set inside. It's going to look a lot more appealing. When you look at our prototype model, we it's all about ease, right? So being able to quickly repair, you know, things like that, just having kind of everything available for you. For the customers, it's going to be much more rugged, I guess it would be a good word for it. 
you know, putting that engine below the platform so that way it's not subject to dust, heat, or rats. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think we'll change the design really after this, you know, unless it's for a specific purpose. Um, seems to be pretty robust. We're putting a, you know, off-road Baja type suspension on it. We're moving from that gasoline motor that you see on the prototype to a diesel motor with more horsepower to increase our payload capacity. So I think we're kind of getting to that point where we're really like, we're right there with like what probably will last a really long time, you know, and then the technology side of it, sensors and things like that are bolt on. Um, what we kind of discuss with other ranchers is, you know, there's most kind of concerned with like bringing a piece of technology like this in is what happens if it fails or crashes. What we've done is we've taken that and really kind of what we like to call kind of plug and chug where, you know, if there was some sort of technical issue that was related to the, the hardware, you could just pull that box out and we could exchange it for a new one and put a new computer in there. So the customer never has to worry about messing with the technology. And mechanically, we've tried to use, you know, uh, we use a Kohler diesel motor. So that way, you know, anybody can do the preventative maintenance on it. We want people to do their own oil changes and things like that, but we're happy to do it for customers that would prefer it that way. Gotcha. So it is out on the market. It is available for purchase. Yes, it is. Right now, we are really kind of ramping up into our go-to-market strategy. Uh, like I said, our first customer was Oklahoma State University. They reached out to us, and they found an opportunity here to use it with some other branch-related technologies like water sensors and things like that. And kind of their their goal is to research what a smart ranch would look like and how ranchers can use technology to improve their efficiency. Um, and then we have a pretty robust pipeline of ranchers all across the country and as far as Argentina that are kind of getting ready to ramp up on this thing. Um, I'm sure your next question will be how much it costs. The starting price is $55,000. You know, if you go to a truck dealership today, you're looking at paying somewhere for that, you know, for a brand new off the lot. We can't compete with used pickup trucks, but when you start to put apples to apples, you know, looking at a ranch hand, looking at a pickup, you're starting to see those numbers really coalesce and we, what we like to do is we give it a five-year lifespan. The thing will last much longer than five years, but for math's sake, five years is a good way to do it. It costs about $10,000 a year for the truck and the, and the hand, basically. So really makes that economic you know, engine really start to hum real well for ranchers that care about efficiency. Anything else to add, Hunter? You know, I would say that one of the biggest challenges that we've run across with producers is really an apprehension to the technology. And I would say that we are not from the Bay Area. We come from the ranching background. This isn't some pie in the sky idea that was made by people that have never run cattle. And that's really important to understand, right? I mean, I think firstly, when ranchers see it, they really think about, hey, this is just some piece of technology about people that really don't know anything. And, and that's not the case. You know, it's not going to replace the rancher. It's not going to replace a good cowboy. It's just going to augment everybody's capabilities and help, you know, drive that data driven decision making that, you know, everyone talks about in the corporate world. Right. I mean, if you can have data on your weather, on your land, on your animals, and it's constantly being collected and it's not on a piece of paper and you can easily pull up your app on your phone and see, hey, you know, the average temperature this year was, you know, 82 degrees or whatever it may be, you know, the data points that you don't really collect nowadays. That's really going to make a big change, especially when we look at the generational kind of shift that is occurring with the average rancher being around 58 years old today. 
their retirement is coming up very soon. And, and younger people, when you look at inheriting a ranch today, you have your, you know, kind of experience and that's really about it, right? You got wisdom from the past and what you kind of know about the place. You don't have a ton of data outside of your herd to really understand what a bad year is or what a good year is in terms of the climate and, you know, how that affects your inputs and outputs. So that's really important to us is, you know, when we talk to ranchers, having an opportunity not only for them to share like constructive criticism, because to us that is extremely important. You know, we've heard about gates, we've heard about, you know, detecting sick cattle and, and we're like, you know, embracing those challenges to improve the system because at the end of the day, like, we need this to work, not only from a business perspective, but like in my family's place, we can't afford to hire more people. It's a, truly a family operation. And Rivers is kind of the same way. You know, his parents work, my parents work, and that's for health insurance and things like that. And, you know, a lot of things get left to the wayside out on the place because in the wintertime, you're supplementing and you then you got to work. And it's just so much, right, that it makes it really challenging to, to run an operation successfully. And I think we're seeing that, you know, a lot of places come up for sale, especially kind of in that mid, mid-level mid ranch size where it's just so difficult to make it work. This is really going to open a new door for a lot of people where, hey, during wintertime, it's not so challenging. You can kind of stay at home or work on those important projects like a new set of pins or, you know, that's what we really see, right? Is like you can focus on your infrastructure and your place a lot more than your herd. And, you know, if you have a lined out herd, you, you shouldn't be spending a lot of time doctoring six. Are most of your customers in the United States? Yes. I think we're going to see a pretty big shift here in the coming year, looking at Australia, not oh. for cattle, but for sheep. Cattle, they don't supplement feed in Australia, but sheep, they do have to worry about predation and, and they do need supplement feed. So we see an opportunity there. And Brazil and Argentina as well, they run a lot larger places on an average than even in the United States in terms of total acreage. So we're going to be a global company, whether we like it or not. But at the end of the day, these are made in the USA and we'll be excited to load them up on containers and ship them across the world. They, you know, provide jobs here in Texas and, you know, really stand for something that we believe in. Hunter, thank you for your time today. It has been fun talking to you and it has been fun getting to know more about your company. Once again, Hunter Allerman, my guest, he's a co-founder and head of corporate services with Smooth Ag Solutions. You can find him online at smoothag.com. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.